Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to Elements of Ayurveda, Empowering Wisdom of Life. I'm your host, Colette, and in this podcast, I hope to empower you to take charge of your own health by sharing the holistic teachings of Ayurveda, the ancient healing tradition from India. We will also discuss topics like health and wellness, nutrition, yoga, fitness, meditation, breath work, and much more, as well as interviewing lots of inspiring people along the way. My humble wish is to help you to connect to your true nature, to Mother Nature, and to each other. If you like the content, be sure to subscribe to the show, and the new episodes will automatically download for you to enjoy. If you're new to Ayurveda, I recommend you listen to the first couple of episodes where I do an introduction to Ayurveda and the mind-body types. I've also set up a Facebook group for us to connect and to support each other. And I'd love for you to join me over at Elements of Ayurveda podcast group. And now here's the show. Hello and welcome to Elements of Ayurveda. Today's guest is Amy Wheeler. Hi, Amy. Good morning. So happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. We're delighted to have you back. And actually, I chatted with Amy in episode 12 about Ayurveda, yoga, and feminine energy. So in order to hear all about Amy's fantastic work in this world, I really recommend that you check out that episode also. However, today, we really want to delve deeper into the topic of feminine energy, which we touched upon in episode 12. But both of us really wanted to continue this conversation because there's no denying the rise of this feminine energy in the world today with the Me Too campaign and the fall of many famous male figures due to sexual allegations. And there's so much talk about this, and I think it's important for us to discuss it. Now, before I get chatting with Amy, I just want to cover something. You may be asking, well, what has this got to do with Ayurveda? Well, Ayurveda is a journey of self-realization. It's about bringing the body and mind into balance so we can have space for awareness to enter. And that's really the, the truth about Ayurveda. You know, we get caught up in the doshas sometimes and the cleanses, but the purpose of all that is to bring balance so that there is space physically and mentally in the body for this awareness to enter. And it's awareness of the bigger picture of life, of how we're all connected, how you can add value to this world with your truth, your unique gifts, to discover your true nature. And if the world is not in balance in that with the feminine and masculine energies, well, then how can we find our balance? So we, this is what we want to delve into today, to, to talk about it and to shed some light on the subject and to give some guidance. So Amy, are you ready? I am ready to talk about how we get the prana to flow within us, within our communities, our families, 
and humanity. That's wonderful. Yeah, I'm so excited. And, you know, I'm just going to, we're just going to let the conversation flow and see what comes up and what needs to come out today. So that's what um, excites me the most, that we'll just see where it goes. But what I want to start talking about is, you know, this old belief system that is clear the world has been running on and the separation between the feminine and the masculine energies. And the masculine energy we know is rooted in competition and it's very goal-driven and strategic, which, of course, is has its benefits and it's necessary in the world. Now, the feminine energy is rooted in nurturing and more supportive and more of a flow, and of course, which is also necessary. So, Amy, I'd love to get your thoughts on how we've been separating these energies for a long time now and how we go about bringing these energies together. Let's get into that discussion. Great. I was reflecting on this all morning because I just, you know, if you look at Mother Nature, whenever something gets too out of balance, she will correct it. Sometimes she'll correct it harshly. Sometimes she'll correct it gently, but it will be corrected and the balance will come back into being And I think that since the beginning of time, there have been many societies all over the world that have had separation and had this imbalance of power and separating the masculine from the feminine and putting them in hierarchy and and many cultures valuing the things that uh, masculinity brings to the table. Mm -hmm. And again, like you said, there's nothing wrong with those qualities. We need those qualities. And now we're starting to see the the balance come back where this Me Too movement and women coming into leadership positions and spiritual positions, um, we're starting to understand the power of the feminine and how when you can harness that, it has magnificent results. And so I think, you know, Mother Nature is is bringing things back into balance, but so are we. We as women are. This Me Too movement has astounded me. It just keeps growing and growing mm-hmm. and knocking off more um, places that we are out of balance, whether it's Hollywood or politics or, uh, you know, organizations. It's really a beautiful thing to watch. And I have such hope that the Women's March on January 20th, which is going to be all over the world. You know, it was huge last year on Inauguration Day or close to it, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe a few weeks after, I can't remember. But I think it's going to be even bigger this year because of this rebalancing of the feminine energy on Earth right now. Right. And that's it. We started 2017 with that march on Washington and on other parts of the country and other parts of the world as well. And now it's just it's just gained momentum throughout the year. How do we go through this time and make sure that it's coming more of that balance of power, that it's not just this suppression of the the masculine or this, you know, saying that you've done wrong and we've been wronged. Of course, we all, you know, there's trauma trauma that comes out of this, but it's healing that trauma. And then going forward is a very important time to see how we can heal this going forward. I agree. And, you know, I, I think from my perspective, the idea is not to say we've been wronged and you must be punished. And yeah. 
But I do feel there needs to be a reconciliation. I don't feel healing can happen until the elephant is, you know, in the room and everyone gets to examine it and everyone gets to have their say about it and and express how they have been traumatized. And it's only from that place of reconciliation where all parties agree, yes, this elephant in the room has been a problem and we don't want to move forward with the same path that we've just come from and what strategies can we use as a community to move forward. I think that's the exciting part for me is Mm -hmm. to see how many men have actually been supporting the Me Too movement and and said, yeah, this is this has been pretty messed up. Right. We we want to reconcile this, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to look at me, my behavior and change my behavior and move forward in a new direction. So I'm not sure what the new direction will look like. I don't know how the creative force will unfold that, but I do feel like at least the reconciliation has been starting to happen. Yeah, and it's true. There has to be an acknowledgement of it. And, you know, here in the US, we've seen that there is, you know, acknowledgement within the corporate world without getting into the whole political thing, because that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. But, but there's less of an acknowledgement of it there, which is really interesting. Um, but let's talk about the work environment a little bit. I kind of want to break it down into the work environment and then into, you know, personal relationships. So let's talk about the work. And we've seen this, uh, you know, separation of the feminine masculine energies in the work environment. And for order for women to succeed, that there was almost a suppression of the feminine values and the masculine values had the greater power in the boardroom or in the meetings and in the corporate environment. And, and they were given more respect. So if we're encouraging people now to find balance, to discover their true nature, as we do in Ayurveda and yoga, and to live their truth, their purpose, then how do we make this shift into using the feminine values of nurturing and supportiveness and, and flow? How do, we, how do we bring those up now? We know that there needs to be more of this balance. So how do we bring those into the work environment? What are your thoughts on this? I think it's very difficult, actually, because I feel like the power structure hasn't completely crumbled yet in not just in corporate America, but media and politics and all of this. And mm-hmm. I feel like the, the, the people who are still in power that are not willing to acknowledge this are not going to allow the intuition and the nurturing and the uh, compassion to come in. I, I I think we have some more crumbling to do before that happens. But when that happens, I'm hoping that not only women will bring those gifts to the table and insist that they be part of the new creation, but I'm hoping a lot of men will also bring that forward and say, yeah, this didn't work to do mm-hmm. it the other way. Let's Let's get on board with this. And then we'll have to hire people and promote people through the glass ceiling to positions of power and let those new leadership skills emerge, right? Yes, absolutely. And then what's interesting, what comes up for me when I talk about this too, is like, well, does everything have to change? Does the way we do work 
how in our capitalist society have to change because you know I worked in corporate America I worked in finance in my 20s for 10 years in the banking sector does all this so I've had that experience does the way you know us going into the workforce and you know just doing a job to pay the bills which is certainly what I, which what I did back then um does this all have to change you know in in my line of work in ayurveda and your line of work also we're discovering we're having people discover their truth and to discover their true nature and what their unique gifts are into the world so i feel now that do we work in something that we truly are passionate about that is our gift rather than it just being a job that we're you you're we're we're getting to know ourselves we're bringing ourselves into balance getting awareness of our gifts and then doing that work in the world rather than there being a separation i could not agree more i mean if you go back to the ancient teachings of yoga philosophy and and this idea of your mahat, M-A-H-A-T, your, your blueprint when you come into the world is a very, very unique mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. And as you emerge, you know, from conception into the world, you're, you're actually positioned for a very unique um, expression of creation through you. You are creation coming out in a very unique way. And for so long, our education system has tried to make cookie-cutter children where we all must try to be good at math and science and get mm -hmm. the good jobs that pay the bills and you can have your Volvo and your 2.2 children and your house in the Pacific Palisades and that's the American dream. Mm -hmm. And what I think I'm seeing, you know, I've been a college professor for 21 years now and so I've seen the shift in these college students over the past 20 years and they are a different breed. Yeah, the millennials really are bringing in a whole new way of thinking and looking at the world. Yes, and I, you know, I, I know people my age and older, fifty and older, are are terrified. You know, they're they're on their cell phones all day. They're they're not communicating person to person. And the way I see it is that the up and coming emergence of what's about to happen in our society they are perfectly suited for i mean yeah. there's going to be artificial intelligence merging with human beings i mean your cell phone is going to be in your body in the mm -hmm. next 10 years so these kids although they are not like us number one they're going to be prepared for that type of technology but number two they are interested in unique expression of their their deepest inner um, blueprint. Yeah. And they're not just buying into do the steps A, B, C, D, and right. you will get right. get what everyone has promised, which yeah. was never the, never the truth anyway, but they get it. They, they understand that, oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I was just talking to one of my clients recently and, you know, his son is in college in his 20s, the son's in his 20s. And just saying that, you know, the son is looking at him and going, Dad, why did you work like crazy all these years? And now you're like, you know, all stressed out and you didn't, you know, live your dreams. And the son is saying to his dad, like, what was all that about? You know, I'm going to do something I enjoy. And it's, it, it's just a whole shift in the way of thinking. And I remember back in my 20s when I first immigrated to the States and I was working in banking. And I, I recall vividly saying, to to one of my coworkers, oh, I don't care what I do for work, you know, it's just a paycheck, and I don't really care. And I couldn't even 
fathom saying that now, but that was my reality back then because I was an immigrant here. I wanted the, you know, the the pay obviously, but then you get the vacation and you get the benefits and you get into that hamster wheel, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was in yes. it for many years. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that is going to bring our society back into balance is having people connect deeply with themselves. Yes and understand their gifts and understand their challenges and find their unique way of being in the world. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, the the earth and the people on it will automatically come back into balance because when you listen to your deeper self, you come into balance. And if everyone does that, we as a society will come into balance. And yeah. then Mother Earth will and all of her natural gifts hopefully will come into balance. So it's really a, a reorganization mm-hmm. from the inside out. Absolutely. And you know why that I absolutely agree is exactly what I say. We need to start with the individual, get the individual into balance, then have them you know discover their true nature, have the awareness enter. And then that if each person does this, becomes into balance, connecting to their true nature, to mother nature, and then to each other. And yes. while it sounds like, oh, that sounds great, you know, but it, it could happen if we're all in balance. And this is when I was thinking about this today. It does start with the individual finding your true nature, discovering your your truth and healing any old belief systems. And I know I'm certainly going through this all the time. Like, you know, the way we were raised, we're raised with belief systems and those can hold us back or certain ways of thinking. Like, like you talked about, you know, the way we we work and we get the car and we get the the house and the, you know, the family and there's a certain way you do things. Well, why does it have to be that way? So we have to kind of break those old belief systems and step into our own truth and um yeah and follow our our intuition which awakens when we are in balance as well i completely agree and it's so you know this experiment of capitalism in the united states for a couple hundred years has been very fascinating yeah and i you know this is not how nature works there's not mm-hmm. constant expansion at all times their nature expands and contracts and you know when we try to to put into place something that is not in alignment with the natural order of the universe suffering is going to ensue for all of us right so it's right. it's a matter of of letting mm-hmm. the laws of nature within you within your family within your community within your society let 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 us align with the laws of nature we will yeah. suffer less yeah. and and that means coming home to yourself and getting yourself in balance and you know on some level we can say well is that a spiritual bypass that you're just so self-centered you're you know doing your cleanses like you alluded to at the beginning mm-hmm. and balancing your doshas and now you're just completely self-centered but the other way we can look at it is until we do get in balance we cannot really express and share what needs to be shared so I, I think, you know, the the caveat of we're getting in balance so we can do good in the world is yeah. I, I believe in that. Yeah. And it's that simple. You know, and there doesn't a lot of times we're led to believe that there has to be this 
really challenging way to fix this. It really doesn't. And I want to talk a bit about, you know, you talked about capitalism and this experiment. And that's what capitalism is all about, overproduction. It's about overproduction, mass production, I should say. And when we have mass production, we, lo- we lose the balance of nature. So we're mass producing crops. So therefore, the, yeah. the soil doesn't get to rest in between like nature need, needs it to be. The soil should rest. We're mass producing, you know, meat from yes. cows. They don't get to rest. So it's affecting the meat you eat. We're mass producing processed foods, which are dead foods you know there there's no prana you talked about prana earlier there's no prana in the foods so this is the problem we're mass production because capitalism is all about getting more out of little and we've lost our balance so we need you know more is not better i think this is what drives our culture here and it's not and you know sadly the people at the top of the the hierarchy are really benefiting from getting all of us little peons to do the the hard work so that they can benefit for many generations. Um, But I think all of us doing the work can also create a revolution and say, no, we don't, not only do we not like the structure, but we don't believe in it. We don't believe it's sustainable. Mm -hmm. We don't like what it's doing to mother earth. We don't like the divisions it's creating in society we would rather be in a society where there's compassion and empathy and people helping one another and families actually being able to survive, uh, you know, with, with good work. So I'm, I'm really hoping that all of the, the pain and suffering we've been going through these last few months is waking people up. Yeah. Because that's the whole point of having suffering. And if we don't wake up for this, if we just stay asleep, I don't believe we're going to be on earth much longer. (laughs) Maybe that's a little bit. No, I hear you. Yeah, but I do think all this craziness that's happening, and we're recording this in December 2017, will probably air, you know, in January 2018. But all the craziness that is happening right now, I think is happening just to wake us up. I mean, you know, you look at the, well, I got rid of my TV, but you know, you, I, I hear some news sometimes because, uh, and, and you're just thinking, what is going on? And, you know, again, I don't want to get into a whole political decision, but politically it's just la la right now, la la land. And, you know, what is going on? But I think it's so farcical that it's meant to be this ridiculous in order to kind of say, wake up, look what's going on. June, don't just follow the masses. Pay attention to your world. Pay attention to your your gut feeling to your true nature and what's that voice telling you and 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 investigate things for yourself. I think that's one thing we've definitely learned this past year is just don't take things at face value, really investigate things and and see how it feels in in your body. Well, and honestly, I I feel that many of us say we have particular values for spiritual development and for creating sustainable families and societies and family values. And I mean, we have all these values that we talk about, but then our actions don't match up with that. We still are trying to keep up with the Joneses. We're still overusing and overconsuming. We're still, you know, voting for people that actually don't align with 
our our values as human beings. And if you look all over the United States, we want the same things. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of us want the same things, but somehow we have gotten off track and we have forgotten what it means to have a quiet night at home, you know, watching a movie with popcorn with your family and that's mm-hmm. enough. Right. And that's so sweet and so lovely. Yeah. And you don't spend $75 at the movie theater. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So I just think that people are asleep and they're not, I, I believe we all have the same values, mm-hmm. but I think our actions, maybe it's the media, maybe it's the news. I don't know why, but our actions don't line up with what we actually value and want for our families. You know, yeah, I agree. And and yes, and like the Gandhi you know, Gandhi's quote says that, that let your thoughts, your words and your actions be in alignment and then you will, that will achieve, help you achieve happiness. Right. Because if you're not, you know, like you said, your your values may be one thing and your actions another. If they're out of alignment, you're out of alignment with yourself. And I think what's causing a lot of people to be out of alignment is processed foods. The rise in processed foods in the U.S. has been shown to be a rise in illness. And processed foods, it has no prana in it, right? It's, um, right. it's tamasic. It's tamasic. And, and can you explain a little bit about tamas, tamas for the listeners? Yes. Uh, tamasic food is dead, as you mm. said. It, it's heavy. Mm. It's not does not have any life force in it. The calories are not digested by your body in a way that will give you sustained energy and radiance and um, good mood and all of that. Right. So, right. And you then, know, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. With the, the poison, poisonous food that we're eating, all of this tamasic food is making us disconnected yes. from our true nature. Yes, absolutely. Because what the, when you eat this tam- tamasic dead food, it creates what's called a tamasic uh, quality or guna, mental quality. And I'm going to do a whole uh, podcast episode about the mental qualities but just for explanation here it causes inertia that feeling of just no get up and go a loss of mojo a foggy brain there's a shroud like a a haze over you that you know what's right to do we all know what we need to do we all know we need to eat more fruits and vegetables and healthy grains but because of this tamasic quality in the processed foods which is therefore causing tamasic quality of our mental gunas that we just can't make those right decisions this fog over us a hundred percent and i mean maybe this is very cynical but i feel that's part of the larger plan to keep us distracted and disoriented and not listening to our inner intuition Mm -hmm. it you know when you make people lethargic and lazy and Mm -hmm. depressed they're not going to fight back they're not going to say wait a minute that doesn't feel right to me they're 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 just going to say, oh, I'm too tired. I yeah. think I'll just sit here on the couch and let somebody else worry about it. Absolutely. And it's just because when we have more of that tamasic quality in the mind that the subtle channels aren't flowing, you're not getting that intuition and that awareness because your your channels are literally blocked with stagnation, with what we call ama in Ayurveda. It's, a, you know, it's the toxins. That food has created toxins in your body. So that flow of, of life force, the prana and the flow of intuition is not getting through. 
because of this heaviness of Thomas. But well, and can I add yeah, drugs please. and alcohol, prescription yes, drugs, yes, alcohol, yeah. even marijuana? Yeah. I mean, I know it's being legalized in a lot of places, but it does bring on the quality of of Thomas. So mm -hmm. we have to we have to really know what we're putting into our bodies, yeah. and the more prescription and non-prescription drugs, mm -hmm. alcohol and pot, it is blocking our clarity. It yes. is blocking the get up and go that you just talked about. Mm -hmm. And it's a way of numbing ourselves because let's face it, being human is painful. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to just pour a glass of wine and, and feel right. better for a few hours and drift off into sleep. Right. But yoga and Ayurveda are asking us to do something very different. They're asking us to feel the suffering, be with the suffering, and use it as the fuel to clean out the nadis or the energy channels, to get the prana flowing again, mm. to connect deeply to yourself. So in some ways, you and I, uh, Colette, are, are revolutionaries, and we are trying to help people get back in touch with their, their prana and their inner, inner knowing. Right, because you cannot be in touch with your true nature if you're eating a diet, the American standard diet, or if you listen no. to this in another country for eating a lot of processed foods. I don't want to make this just US based, obviously, I'm from Europe, but you cannot have true health and true connection with your true nature if you're eating a diet full of processed foods. It's a big statement to make, but I truly believe it. If you're shopping in the supermarkets, shop around the periphery where the fruits yeah. and vegetables are. There's a reason that food can sh sit, on the <laughs> sit on the shelves for months <laughs> and, you know, months and months and have an expiration date of, you know, the next year. What's that going right. to do for your body? Nothing. So we, and, and also for your children. Like to make sure that you're giving them the best start in life and giving them, you know, those fruits and vegetables, going to your farmer's market. Again, I can mention that, but it's connecting to your community, connecting to the seasons of Mother Nature. And that's another really beautiful kind of side note, but so important is that local eating yeah. is important too, because Mother Nature provides for you locally. Mm -hmm what vitamins and minerals and antioxidants you need in that location mm -hmm. to fight off whatever is happening in, in that location yes. and to help you stay well. Mm -hmm. So when we eat foods from all over the world, we've lost that connection with Mother Nature where she's actually growing the plants outside our door that we need to survive in that climate and that latitude and that longitude and yeah. that place um, that you live. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like when they say you have allergies, eat the honey from the local bees. Right. Nature gives you exactly what you need for your location, as well as the fact that when you're eating locally, you're lowering your carbon footprint, you're supporting the local farmers who are doing a really amazing job. And it's cheaper because it's abundant. Great. Well, I'd love to kind of get back into the feminine energy. Now we've, t we've, t we've discussed the work environment. And let's talk a little bit more about personal relationships. And no doubt there has been many, many women affected by this massive shift in feminine energy in 2017. And I find there's lots of sense of a confusion and fear. So how can women support each other during this time? Of course, we had the Me Too movement, and that was a big support. But going forward, what are your thoughts on this, how we can support each other? 
Well, I'm sorry to say what I'm about to say. Maybe I'm not, but I I feel a little insecure saying it. And that is that, that we as women have given up our power. We have folded because we want to connect with men who are, who are powerful. And so we vote against our best interests. We, chastise other women against our best interest. We don't support one another. Mm. We we pretend to not see things. Mm-hmm. And we say, well, that's none of my business. I, I'm just going to look over here. Because we want to connect to masculine power. Yeah. And yeah, we, I agree. we give up our power so that we can be safe and secure and taken mm-hmm. care of by powerful men. And so the first place to start is for us to get really honest with ourselves about if we are deferring in that way and what are we willing to give up, what types of power are we willing to to give up that are internal to us in order to hook on to somebody else's train Mm -hmm. that we think is going to somehow support us and take care of us. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my call to action is is really admitting where it is that I give up my power and choose not to act and choose not to speak my truth because I don't want to mess up the status quo and I don't want those people over there to think I'm one of those feminazis. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you see? And that's, that's interesting as well because that's what we grew up with, you know, in, in our foundation relationships is with our parents. And in our generation, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, 43, in our generation – it's about, you know, we saw that like my mom stayed at home and and raised the children. There were six of us, you know, big Irish family and supported my father. So that was my foundation relationship. So then when I was getting into relationships, that's the role I took on. And then I'm like, hey, you know, I felt like I was giving up my power. I was I was in a supportive role, which is great. But also I was dimming you know, my light, as it were, I was, I was holding back because that's how I, that was my foundational experience. And now, so it's quite challenging to make this shift. Yeah. I mean, I, I think somehow I was born not unwilling to, to go along with it. I, there's something deep inside me that since I was a little girl stood up and said, nope. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been painful. I will tell you that. Uh-huh. But I want to encourage other women to examine this. I, maybe they're not willing to make a total shift yet. Maybe they have a foundational experience that, you know, ask them to, you know, be primarily supporting someone. And, and I think you can support one yeah. and still be in your power, by the way. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just think this is deep work that we as women need to do. Mm-hmm. And I think we're not going to sustain the Me Too movement and go in a new direction until every last one of us looks at power structure in our marriages, in our work, with our children, with mm-hmm. our communities. What's happening with our power structures? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And this is it. And it's, yes, the, the Me Too movement has been great in shedding light. But there, you know, we discussed in the previous episode, number 12, about how there's, you know, we both felt fire around that, and how it's important to, to look at the power structures and see, well, how can we go forward working in balance with the feminine and the masculine energies, rather than going, hey, you did me wrong. And now I'm going to do, you know, kick back kind of thing. It's about going forward and 
And for women to share the stories, to collaborate, be honest, be vulnerable, and also not for just for sharing with women, but for sharing with men as well about how we truly feel, because I think that we need to speak our truth. And, you know, if we're not speaking our truth, well, then how does our partner know? A hundred percent. And and to speak your truth, you have to be honest with yourself. Yes. That's yes. step one. And I think so many of us, because we have given away our power in order to be safe and secure and provided for, um, I just think we're, we almost feel ashamed. Yeah. You know, somewhere deep inside us when we have given something of ourselves in order to get something, then we feel this weird sense of, I'm embarrassed. Yes, I, I connected with a person of power and gave up my sense of self in order to do that. It, it's embarrassing. Right. But we have to admit that that's what we've done. Yeah. And maybe we've had no other choice. I'm not saying that, you know, we're terrible. But we we first have to really look carefully at what we've given up in order to get what. I mean, in, in some senses, we as women are responsible, too, for all the tragic trauma and abuse. Um, I think in some situations, a lot of women haven't had another choice. They're trying to do the best they can in the situation they are in. But in other cases, there's a lot of women who have freedom and liberation and and financial security within themselves. And we don't necessarily need to put up with it. And yet we don't stand up and examine ourselves and speak our truth. We just sit quietly as uh, middle-class white women hoping somebody Mm -hmm. else will be brave and then we can jump on the train. Right, right. But don't you think that some of those belief systems go back to those I talked about earlier, those foundation relationships where you believe, oh, you know, how society goes is that you, you know, you get married, you have this, you know, support, yes. you the financial support of a, of a partner. There's a really deep belief system that, that, you know, you need the, the masculine, the man there to support, but not yes. like financial and to take care of you. And, but why? <laughs> well, and, you know, there's, there's many, um, cultures throughout all of time in history that have not adopted that mentality. Mm. And I feel the young people that are coming up now that I teach every single day at the university do not agree with that either. I think we're going to see a total transformation where people are actually equal partners. Yeah. And maybe for one, you know, a couple of years, the woman will do more work outside the home and then it will flip. And and there's so much more fluidity mm-hmm. within the youth of not um, not having to have it a certain way and no judgment about it. Just, hey, two people come together. They do the best they can. They both work as hard as they can. And, you know, one has different gifts than the other and it's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And actually what comes to mind is Sweden. You see the shift in Sweden where they now have parental leave for the men. So what right. happens, I think it's six months, men, you know, it's a good chunk of time. So, you know, the women are at home or whatever the, the, the couple choose to do, but the women are at home with the child first. And then the men get, you know, six months with their child while the woman goes out to work. And that's fantastic at shifting this. Whereas in the States, what is the parental leave? What is the... It's it's really bad, isn't it? The worst in the yeah. countries. It's the worst well, for 
Yes, I think for most corporations that's true. Where I work at a university, it's it's not. We we have, uh, you know, leave for fathers too. Oh, great! I think and that's I, rare, I, though, right now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very rare. And mm. you know, we can we can bash intellectuals and we can bash university professors for being too liberal and progressive mm. and ruining the values of society. But you could also think of it as, look, this is an inevitable. Uh, path in the future. Yeah, this is especially with uh, robotics coming in and taking mm-hmm. thirty to forty percent of the jobs uh, from blue collar workers in yeah. the next twenty years. I mean, it's going to get rough out there. Yes, and, and we're going to have to all work together to survive and live and be happy. And we're going to have to let go of some of these traditional gender roles because it will be a necessity mm-hmm. to survive as a species. So. I, I think that the young people, as much as they have some things they could probably work on, they also, in these areas of tolerance and acceptance and new ways of being in the world, they're super, super fluid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think this generation coming through, the millennials are amazing. And I think they can, yeah, there's, there's things they can work on. But I think that also they're bringing a whole new light and they're not accepting the old ways of doing things. Right. Because they see they don't work. I mean, they see the hierarchy, they see the power structure, and they think, okay, well, my grandpa is going to be at the top of that pyramid, but I'm not going to be able to get up there. So why should I buy into that? And they also see all these stressed parents on, you know, medication and just not living their, their life they want. And they're like, I don't want that. You know, what it all comes down to is balance, right? 100%. 100%. That's, that's the word that just keeps coming back to me again and again. It's just about balance. Balance in your own diet, balance with nature, balance with each other, balance between the feminine and the masculine. It's all just about finding more balance. And what we know through yoga and Ayurveda is that when a system, whether it's your body, your family, your community, when a system is in balance, that's when prana or life force flows. Yes. You can yeah. feel it, you feel energized, you feel light, you feel spacious, you feel happy. And and don't we all want those things? Yes, yes. And we want, you know, everyone to experience that. Because life is not about suffering. It's our birthright to be happy and healthy and vibrant. And it doesn't. you don't have to suffer through this lifetime. And in fact, no. when we're going against our true nature, that's when we suffer, when we go against nature and our true nature. And none of us knows how many days we have left. I had a a terrible car accident about six weeks ago where I, you know, I thought it was the end. It was the end for my car. (laughs) But not for me. But at that moment of, oh, my goodness, I'm crashing right Mm -hmm. now. And just at that moment, what came to me is, have you lived the life you wanted? Wow. You know, and and I think we should all ask ourselves that every single morning when we wake up, because you'd never know. And every choice you make all day long to stay in balance and to have life force flow through you and to do good in the world. And and if you would happen to get into an accident, you could leave this body saying, yes, I did it. I'm so proud of myself and I love the time I spent here in my life mm-hmm. is exactly what I wanted it to be. That's 
what we really want. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it is something like that that can really wake you up and put things in perspective. Absolutely. And hopefully we don't have to get in a car accident to to do it, to take action. I mean, I think all of us think, yes, I want to live my dreams. I want to stay in balance. And then day after day after day, we don't do it. But what would it take in the year 2018 to say, no, I'm going to actualize these changes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to make some tough choices and give up some things in order to really be where I want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about because what's come to me now is well, let's look into balance. We were talking about it a lot. Well, people could be saying, well, what does balance mean? Well, balance in your body means that your digestion is working right. So there's no heartburn, acid reflux, inflammation, gas, bloating, uh, gurgling, I mean, excessive gas, um, that your elimination is working right, that you're, you know, you're having bowel movements daily, and that you're assimilating your food, that your hair is in good condition, your nails, your skin, that your body is not showing any signs of imbalance, whether physically or mentally through anxiety or, or mind spinning or depression, all those are just signs of imbalance. Do you have anything to add to that, Amy, about what it looks like when balance, you know, your intuition flows? We could probably go on forever on this. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we have this system that I've, I've developed called the Optimal State of Living. Yeah. And it has these charts that have red, white, and blue zones, which are how your body is out of balance in three directions. Yes. And then there's the gold zone, and this is what it feels like when you're in balance. And when I show these to people, I was at um, Northwestern uh, Medical Facility um, last Friday in Chicago. And when you show people, here's the red zone. And, you know, if you have too much heat in your body, these are the symptoms. And here's the blue zone. If you have too much earth and heaviness in your body, here's the symptoms. And if you are in the white zone and you have too much air and space in your body, here's the symptoms. And, And those are not normal. And those are not to be masked with prescription drugs. That means they're out of balance. Yes. That if you ate well and you exercised and you reduced your stress and you figured out how to get a good night's sleep and you had right relationships and you worked appropriately with your day job, those symptoms would actually reduce and hopefully go away. Mm-hmm. And so I've I just use these charts to help people even understand the concept of balance. They don't even know that it's possible. And they don't even know that the sensations they're feeling are actually a sign or a wake-up call to change. They just think that's what it feels like to get older. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's because we're throwing around the word word balance and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, no, we need to break this down. So I know I linked to those um, charts in the episode number 12 and I'll also link to them again here. They're, they're great to have so that you know, you know what it feels like when you're in balance. But basically, your body's always talking to you. And if there's everything is a sign, you know, if there's if there's any pain or ache, either physically or mentally uh, or a dis-ease in the body, that that's just a sign there's something out of balance. And if you cover it up with drugs, you're not getting rid of the problem. In fact, you'll probably manifest something else. So, um, yeah, it's all about tuning in and listening to your body. So I'll link to those charts. Thank you for referring to those again, Amy. And I just want to say, you know, I think 
doctors and nurses are so needed and they're really good when you get in a car accident or need yeah. an emergency surgery. But really for our daily living, we need to come to yoga and Ayurveda and maybe traditional Chinese medicine and, mm -hmm. and things that teach you how to live correctly because doctors are not trained in how to help people live correctly. They're trained in how to diagnose long-term imbalance, which has manifested into disease. So going to the doctor is wonderful, but you need to establish new lifestyle routines. Well, you know, the latest thing is called lifestyle medicine, mm -hmm. which basically means you have people helping you figure out for your constitution and your climate and your family history, what types of exercise should you be doing? What types of foods would be best for you? It's not a one-size-fits-all anymore. And I know, Colette, you do a lot of work around helping people with lifestyle medicine, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Ayurveda. Ayurveda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so great to hear that that's, you know, it's it's becoming a thing now, which is great, you know. and, and that's medicine, yeah. Yeah, no, it's fantastic to hear that. It's so important to, first of all, just to understand yourself. I agree. And, and that's, that's hard work. It is, it is, because it's, you we know, it's to, definitely not easy. We have to slow down enough to feel. That's my big problem is I am running and I can't slow down to even feel much less notice if I'm out of balance and then do something about it. I yeah. mean, that's that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a it's a, it's a study over, you know, the, the rest of your life because it's right. constant. It's constantly changing, but it's um it's amazing to do it and to really feel like you're in touch with your with your true nature is is what's going to bring you joy in the end of the day. And I, I think this goes back to Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, which says the name of the game is what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to de-link from? What, in, what are you willing to detach from? Mm. Because until you are willing to let go and detach from things that no longer serve you, like overwork or wrong relationship or you know, forcing yourself into a banking job, until we're willing to give those things up that don't serve us, there's no slowing down. There's no time. There's no space to even be able to make a change. Yeah, we're so consumed with all that, all that day-to-day -day living and that chatter going on in our head. And yeah, yeah. So really, there's almost a need to step out and to like reset, to step yes. away completely. Yes. And, yeah. you know, that that's tough, too. Yeah. Some of us have what I call a life lock. Yeah. Now, I think daily meditation for 15 minutes, you get to step out. It's yes. not that you have to physically change locations. Meditation is a form of stepping out. Yeah, absolutely. And just giving your just see meditation gives you an opportunity, you know, that you, you don't clear your mind, but you see what's what's going around there. You see those thoughts. And that fear and knowing that you're not those thoughts and trying to create space between them. Right. And just to it's see what's consuming. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's key. A, a daily, a time daily where you just take some time to be in quiet. Because no inspiration can enter unless we give ourselves quiet time. And we have so little of that nowadays. You know, I... I have a new car with a beautiful stereo system and I oftentimes choose just to be quiet 30 minutes on the way to work, 30 minutes yeah. on the way home from work, 
just leave the radio off, leave the news off, leave the music off, and just breathe and check in and feel and digest my thoughts and emotions and reset. And I do it on the way to work. So I show up with a clear mind. And this is not in place of a meditation practice, but right. in addition to, and then mm. I do it on the way home. Yeah, I do so the great. same thing to reset and clear before I join my family again. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, mine is at the end of every workday, I go to the beach. I'm fortunate to be near the beach and go to the beach and just walk, put my feet in the sand and the water and just ground and just reconnect to nature. So, And I always recommend, you know, some time in nature if you can. You know, bring right. the kids to the park, have your lunch outside there, you know, try grab those moments in nature to connect as well. That, that is, that's connecting to source. Walk your well. dog. Yeah, your, you dog wants, your dog wants to walk and you need to walk out in nature too. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. So true. Whoa, this is such a, always an amazing discussion, Amy, but I do want to finish up with, you know, we talked a lot about how we as women, you know, should progress and, and what we need to do. And I want to come back to this chat we're having on the feminine masculine energy and how can we help the men and support the men during this time? Because I feel that the men are feeling like, whoa, well, what can I do now? What can I say? I'm almost afraid to say anything. And I definitely hear men joking about this. Like, oh, don't take that as sexual harassment. I've definitely heard a lot of those jokes. Um, but we do have an amazing opportunity to bring the values of the feminine and the masculine energies together here and to find balance and, and freedom and happiness. And how, how do we seize this opportunity? And, and what, how can we finish up today with, by giving some guidance to the listeners about how to go forward and supporting the men and, and how, what conversations to be having? I completely agree. Everywhere I go, yeah. whether they give me a hug or say something that they think is funny and then they follow it up with, oh, I hope you didn't take that wrong. And I know, but that's the I mindset think, now. There's a fear now that's yeah, they're, being created. Yeah, they're so confused. Yes. So they, they know that the way that it's been has been inappropriate. They've yeah. finally understood that, but they don't know how to be different. They don't, they're looking for a direction. They're yeah. looking for a new way to be. They want to please us, right? Yes. But but they don't, it's like telling someone, you know, go out, go over there and go hang gliding. Right. And you're like, I don't know how to hang glide. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so we as women in an empathetic, kind, compassionate way need to help them navigate the new, new world, the new way of being and, and be kind and say, yeah, you know, when you said that, that, that felt appropriate. But where it went over the line for me was when you said X, Y, Z, and then I felt it was a little creepy. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm having a ton of these discussions, helping my male friends Great. and colleagues understand where that line is and where a compliment is acceptable and appropriate and where the little joke at the end or the wink or the, the little tap or whatever, you know, that part yes. doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. Yeah, I had the same experience the other day at the gym and someone, a guy was talking to me and then it was great, great conversation. And then it was the look up and down. I was like, no, that's not okay. <laughs> and, and, and like kind of laughing and being sweet about it. Okay, like you just looked me up and down right. and that felt really awkward. Yeah. 
And so I just want to give you some feedback that that didn't feel so great from this end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it is true. And I love that you say having compassion and being and being empathetic, because that is one of our greatest uh, feminine qualities and values. And that, you know, understanding this has really helped me in in everything in life. The most part, most people don't want to inflict pain on you, right? right? And just understanding, and this has really helped me in life, that people are doing the best they can with the tools they have. And yeah, and just that if someone does something to you, just to communicate with them about how it was not okay. And that can be huge for them because it's like, oh my God, I never thought of it like that. Or I never realized I was doing that, you know. So just having compassion and then just saying, look, you know, this is how I feel. And it can be, it can just lead to such awareness for everybody. Right. And the words that I like to use, because I don't want to come across as accusatory or I'm, I'm, I'm out to hurt you, or I like to say, would you be willing to hear my experience? Oh, that's and, nice. And then they, they have the opportunity to say, no, I would not. And then we, we part ways and <laughs> I right. say, thank you. Have a great day. But most of the time they say, yeah, I would like to n- hear your experience. And then I say, my experience was when you looked me up and down, Mm -hmm. I felt uncomfortable because I wondered, number one, what are you thinking as you're looking me up and down? Or two, what are your motives? And and I just, I want to be your friend. So that for me felt pretty awkward, you know, and just being kind, but but telling my experience, because they can't tell me my experience is wrong. Yeah, exactly. And they can't say, you know, or even if they're using the words, I feel, they can't tell me your feelings are wrong. Yeah. Right. But but I love that, that would you be willing to hear my experience that, you know, that just asking them, can you share? And if they're open, hopefully, then you can share and it can and, be opening for and them. And then I say, what what's your experience mm-hmm. upon hearing me say that? And they often feel embarrassed and mm. and sad I didn't mean to make you feel that way I had no idea mm. that that I even did it in the first place and, right. and number two that you had that visceral response to it I mean it really opens a lot of doors um, and of course there's some men that just don't want to go there but most of the gentlemen that I come into contact with are more than willing to connect when they see that I'm coming from a place of softness and and humility and I'm not attacking them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think this is, you know, what women we need to be aware of because I think there is so much fear with men now, like they don't know what to do and to really just try help by communicating with them, you know, brothers, if you have brothers or nephews, your sons, your partners, just really have some open discussion around this. Um, because it's really needed now to have this amazing opportunity to come together and making sure that there's not a divide here. Absolutely. And and there may be women who actually take being looked up and down at the gym as a compliment. And they they too can say, I my experience was I felt sexy and sensual and lovely right. when you did that, you know, and, and so we're all entitled to our experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not putting women down that that maybe enjoy that's true being, right that's, that's fine true. too it's different for everybody right but yeah. let's let's be able to speak our truth with kindness and and help to connect with one another yeah yeah 
I think that's where we'll leave it today. You know, we talked a lot about focusing on healing yourself first, finding balance. Balance was the big word in this conversation. Step yes. into your truth. Communication um, is key. But most of all, the best rule of thumb in life is balance. Drawing awareness, especially around this time and for us women going out there and, and, and seizing opportunity to really help men understand. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this conversation. Oh, it's so so meaningful, yeah, very juicy. It was great, and I love the way it just it just flows. This and it, it always have such great conversations with you, and you know, just for us both to be vulnerable as well, and just to share our experiences, I think is is key. So, yeah, thank you, Amy. I always thank love you. It. Thank okay. you. We'll talk again soon. Yeah, that would be great. I hope you enjoyed that conversation I had with Amy. As you can hear, we could certainly keep chatting forever. And if you would like to check on your current situation to see if, in fact, you are in balance or if you're looking to make shifts in your lifestyle, maybe it's in your exercise or in your food or you're feeling that something just isn't quite right, feel free to take advantage of my 30-minute free online discovery call where we can chat about your particular situation and I'll give you tips and guidelines on how to make changes. And from there, if you'd like to continue on in one of my programs, we can chat further about that. I'll put a link in the show notes here where you can book your discovery call online and we can chat. And like I said, I'll give you tips and guidelines. So thanks so much for tuning in. And if you would like to rate and review the show, I would really appreciate it because that will help others to find the show. And be sure to subscribe because then the new episodes will automatically download for you. Okay, take good care of yourself. Bye.